Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. This is your host, Lorraine Nightheart, and you are listening to Venus Unplugged. And what we do at this podcast is explore all aspects of uh, Venus through mythology, psychology, astrology, whatever way and form she wants to come, and certainly through personal relationships. So what we are exploring is the myth of Ainana. This myth is two to 3,000 years uh, earlier than the Christian uh, myth, and uh, it is a myth of a, of a goddess of heaven and earth, and then she goes into the underworld to meet her dark sister, Arushkagal, which is what uh, this episode is about. So we need to remember, you know, uh, that uh, Hainana is also a fierce goddess of war. She can create storms and wars and powers, and she has the gift of uh, judgment and knowledge. And she's a very passionate goddess, and she's very much about the sexual love and the union and her her ecstatic songs and how she adorns herself with desire and uh, of the delights of lovemaking. And she calls her beloved consort her honey man, who sweetens her forever, inviting her into her holy lap to savor her life-giving caresses and the sweetness of sex with her on the sacred marriage bed. So she is much more exaggerated than Aphrodite. She craves and she takes and uh, she desires and she destroys. And then she grieves and composes songs of grief. And she does come up from the underworld also. So this is part of her abilities, this great Ainana. But after she has all of these experiences and these journeys, she then knows and accepts her vulnerability to go into the underworld to meet her dark sister. Now, Arishkagal's husband, who is the bull of heaven, has died She is in the underworld mourning. Ainada has to go through the seven gates, which we will deal with separately. And we'll tell you about each each one of those seven gates are about. But let's get a little background information on on Arishkagal. Okay. So she is quite the opposite. Now, see, Ainada can live in the uh, unconsciously in women under who's under kind of a patriarchal oppression uh, which can become demonic so meaning it's nothing against the patriarch it's just um, a phase of human development that when a woman and the feminine in the male are oppressed by external laws that are not related and certainly eliminate passion and sexuality in in its natural way, in its way of creation, of union, and uh, throws religion all over it. 
that divinity, that Ainana, that woman who knows the power or has the memory or she is embedded in our DNA, when she is not allowed to sing her song and dance her dance and use her abilities, she becomes somewhat of a of a demon in the unconscious. Now, we have all met Arishkagal, and we, we, as in humanity, we meet this aspect, this dark sister of Ainana. Ainana could be considered as conscious, right? And anytime we want to make a change, and when we want to change a habit that no longer serves us, or we realize, like, holy moly, you know, that really is an addiction. Or we want to change a diet because the the food that we're eating is poisoning us. Or we want to give up the addiction to the demon lover, to those bad relationships, or, or those challenging relationships. Or we just plain have to give up a stage of our life. You know, we move from virgin mother crone and we constantly are going through these phases. Well, that's when we meet Arishkagal, the dark sister who's not so pleased to see us and not interested in uh, what you have to say uh, and what you need to change because her ways are perfect. So that's one of the challenges in change. It comes to us naturally, but if we're really fighting against a change that psyche needs to make, it can come in a great depression or oppression. We we can't move, and we freak. Now, if there could be a little glimmer of light or consciousness, or just you know posty on your on your address book to let you know like wow I'm about to take a journey in to meet my dark sister Arishkagal and her ways are perfect and the ways of the underworld are perfect different and perfect so when the joy of this of the feminine is been disrespected or seen as just you know frivolous and or her joyful laugh, lust is demeaning as whorish or sentimentalized as um, materialism. See, that vitality of Ainana, it's, it, it goes into the depths of the unconscious. And it meets. So Ainana goes willingly. Most of us go unwillingly into this depth, into what the Christians then, uh, or the Judeo-Christian world then called hell. But in this Mormon myth, she goes in to, uh, to meet her sister. So it's a paradox. See, Rishkagal, um she is the part of us that defies uh, differentiation of consciousness. She doesn't really care if you're conscious or not conscious. So it's very hard to sort the seeds when you're on your way down into the unconscious, okay? Because she is the vessel and the stake. 
She is the root of all where energy is inert and consciousness is coiled asleep. She's the place where that potential of life lies curled up. Uh, but let's say in the pangs of birth uh, and beneath uh, all the language and its distinction, she's there like Kali or the Kundalini, the serpent energy, the sleeping force at the base of the spine, which slowly has to be made conscious uh, to be brought up. Otherwise, one can become psychotic. You know, if we go into a shamanistic experience and we go too quickly and we're not with a a, a well-trained teacher or an experience or it's not our time and we start stirring the mix, we, in a very psychological term, can go cuckoo. And um, so that's the forces. So we, you know, healthy... um, apprehension or fear like well i don't know if i'm really ready now sometimes we just we just fall into it because psyche is ready and uh now there are many many ways to to be in relationship as i said we can go willingly which is pretty much you know the choice of inana she knows okay i've done all these things i've accepted my power i've ruled I have found my honeyman. I have made the sacred marriage bed. I have given to the people. I've had my children. Now I know I have to know the ways of the opposite. So Arishkagal is that opposite. She's more the primal matrix. And she holds her um, wisdom, sometimes in, in isolation and bitterness. So very often when we go or we have to start to have a realization about our own shadow or who we are, we usually project it out to another person or a situation first. And then if we could just watch that and before we, you know, vote for our reality, say, wait a second, let me just reel that back a little bit. Let me see where that is in me. Now, you need a lot of ego strength to do this because you need both vulnerability to be able to look and like, you know, before I ask another, let's emotionally scapegoat another Let me see where this has some truth or could have some truth or could be an aspect of me. Because that is what authentic uh, power is or authenticity is. Shadow and light, we know both are true. We live the paradox. And rather than it getting loose on someone else or something else, we know we can suffer that knowledge that both are true. Now, we also need to look at this not in a Judeo-Christian uh, Ten Commandments kind of way. We need to look at this as, as a myth that is telling us about the forces and the primal effect. So when we descend, 
we meet this Kali figure or this Kundalini energy, right? And Arishka goes, she's not thrilled, you know, and at first she's enraged about Ainana's invasion of her realm. And uh, and the suffering. But what she looks like, so in her anger, in Arushka Gal's anger, her face turns yellow and her lips black. And she smites the thigh and bites herself. And that's pretty terrifying as a, as a look. But she also is enraged. A her husband, uh, the bull of heaven, is dead. She's mourning, and her sister invades. So that is also true in our own life. That's why you know working with dreams can be so important because they will tell us dreams are great for timing. It says you're ready. You can you can do this. Other times we may jump just jump into something and. We meet, you know, the grieving part of us that is not so interested in having a conversation or forgiving or even speaking. So these are these archetypal forces, what they're really about. Remember, an archetypal force is not human. It comes in the human condition. We see it, but the symbol itself, the image is what has its power. And just because we can name it and dance it and paint it does not mean that we understand the archetypal force of an image. That's why it takes deep respect and study and and meditation and observing what these symbols uh, mean. So she represents... the fury and, and greed and fear of loss and even self-spite, you know, times when we cut off our nose to spite our face. And she represents this kind of raw, instinctual split from consciousness. Uh, and that's what's so shocking uh, and, and painful about becoming conscious. We have to meet these forces in ourself, in this archetypal image or symbol of the dark sister Arushkagal. So Arushkagal sends her, her gatekeeper as Ainana is beginning to make her descent. And so there's seven gates that she goes through, which is, you know, a shamanistic journey for Inanna. And these images, these furies that uh, Inanna has to face. Uh, so it's like when, when, the, uh, when the negative uh, uh, animus is unleashed, you know, it comes out as greed and rage and fury and... Uh, that's kind of a little hard to take when we, when we see like, oh man, look at this in me. But that is the way of the underworld, of the archetypal underworld. 
So it's the ways of the unconscious. Uh, and this is the way that unconscious uh, reacts to unwelcome visitations. We force ourselves to know. I want to know now. Well, that's not such a good attitude to have. The better attitude to have is, you know, to be able to say the ways of the underworld are perfect. I will know when when I need to know and when I can handle knowing. I respect these realms. Um, I am not coming into this realm with my own rules and regulations, which Inanna learns. But Inanna is willing to give up all her powers and become vulnerable to that which she doesn't know. So when we're working on ourselves in whatever state of consciousness we're doing that, you know, this is what happens when, like a, when, when, we, when a complex is like touched upon and, and the, the complex has its own defenses, and this is who comes up, this Arishka gal. Says, wait a second. You know, there's an etiquette here. There's a way. You just don't get to poke me and pull at me and, and think I'm going to tell you my my powers and my forces. I'm not going to do that. So when we feel this, uh, a complex prematurely being poked or just kind of comes up, you know, in that rage that we can't stop and uh, just is like a mad gerbil inside our head and we, it goes on and on and on, you're slightly possessed by a complex, a rishka gal. You've tripped over the, the underworld, the parts of the collective unconscious that you don't know about, and it's off and running. So when we get very compulsive, uh, these unconscious energies are working to overpower the ego. And when we're asked to confront these effects, it blocks and we feel embarrassed and we feel shattered by a superior strength and often we go into anxiety or detachment or split off or we try to stop life we just breathe a little and realize like oh wait a second I am in the presence of a complex I am in the presence of what I don't know and your best insurance is not knowing and accepting the not knowing because this is the part where this energy, it's the transformative energy that is in the depths of our being, which is also why we have healing crisis. You know, why does it get worse before it gets better? Because we need to go do a tour of duty in the underworld. We need to see all those forces, and they kind of come up, and then, uh, you know, we're not going to tame them because these are primal forces. So your prayers are not going to be reaching heaven. Uh, We need to be able to have a a strength and a vulnerability. That's what our strength for transformation is. And when we're anybody who's ever gone through a 
a shamanistic journey or anything, a, a, a death, uh, whether it be of a person or a child or a love affair or, you know, a death of a cherished habit that we have. This is who we meet. And so these, because in, they're impersonal, they don't give a shit about you. They're not personal. Who are you? Uh, you know, man, you may believe the whole universe wants this for you, but Arishkakal says, you're not getting anywhere until I chew you up and spit you out. And then in that, there's an alchemical process that happens. So Inanna, she gets reduced into a passive submission, and she kind of rots. Because when she goes to the seven gates and she re- meets Arishka Gal, and Arishka Gal just takes her and hangs her on a meat hook and lets her rot there for three days. So, which is another form of the kind of the, the Christian crucifixion. So, in Arishka Gal's world, she is. It's that feeling of it's of the irrational, the primordial, and and it's it's totally uncaring and even destructive of the individual. You know, it's that cold mother. You know, when somebody is really furious, say, or somebody is furious at you, they're so cold. It's like, whoa, man, it is that. Now, that takes a lot of consciousness to admit and to realize, like, wow. That was cold. That was harsh. That had no living force in it. It only had the cold, destructive force, like the coldest part of the ocean, or what's projected onto serpents as cold-blooded. Um, so Arishka Gouge is like Kali, and who's... It's the destructive transformation side of the cosmic will. Uh, And through time and suffering, it grinds us down in in all distinctions. And uh, we, we just, all fire goes out. And yet, in that is birthed a new life, a new a new life and a new understanding. New life can only be made through a new understanding. So Arishka Gal is also named fate and and her realm as its own uh, lawfulness which have nothing to do with the sky gods. It is the law of the great below the law of reality of things as they are. Not as we wish them to be. Not as we make them up. They're the natural law. They're pre-ethical and often fearsome. And they always are before the the superego of our consciousness. So that that's what we're meeting. This is why it's so hard to change. So the right attitude towards those changes is, okay, well, today's as good a day as any to meet a Rishka gal, or to die to my bullshit, uh, or to go into therapy, because the, we have to return to the beginning. 
and the beginning is the primordial forces. So when we can feel the, the kind of agony of helplessness that, that we feel, we're at the beginning of this transformative destructive energy which will turn into consciousness and a rebirth. But the, we get devoured. So it's not an easy task. Uh, whether we're invited or uninvited, whether we realize we need to do it, and, and, but it's, uh, it's been called upon, this is what happens. So when we're, we're realizing the negative animus, The, ne- the animus is the male part uh, within the female uh, form. Okay, there's a positive and a negative. So, the positive animus would be the, the, the you know, Ainata's lover, and the negative would be uh, Arishka Galda in the feminine. All right. So when that negative animus, it's opinionated, it's judgmental, it knows, it knows above all knowing. Um, that's uh, what Arishka Gal goes after. She transforms. So sometimes, or, or, or when we feel that kind of frozen and we're just stuck, kind of timeless, or we're unable to budge, or there's a feeling of bleakness or despair, guess where you be? And we don't, you know, nothing works. Our yoga doesn't work and our meditation and our prayers and our dreams seem meaningless and it all is just going to pot there. It's just miserable. So this Arishka gal, she has kind of this, uh, it's like a terrible empathy. We have to have be empathetic towards the, these forces with it within us. Like, wow, I never knew. Or who knew? And we certainly aren't going to understand it. Not with the conscious mind. So Inanna knows that. And Inanna in us knows how. So if you're going to do a tour of duty in the underworld, read the poem of Inanna and study up so you have at least some a working sense of the archetype that is moving through your life uh, as we go into this underworld of, uh, well, it certainly is a feeling of humiliation when all our powers or so-called powers are taken away or realize, well, they, they're nothing compared to the forces of our psyche. And we need to be willing to surrender. And that's when the poisonous forces of the dark goddess can turn into light. You know, there's, there's also, you know, the, the healing poisons, which is a whole uh, philosophy and knowledge in uh, alchemy, or the, you know, the, the, the poisonous mercury, mercurius. So, as she is beginning to make her descend and meet this aspect, you see. So in the underworld aspect of the feminine, we often meet uh, what's called the 
animus-identified puella. So the animus-identified puella, so that's the one. The puella is the, the eternal girl. She just wants to seduce for seduction's sake. She doesn't really have shit about your soul or anybody else's soul. And uh, she's basically, uh, um, I guess in some ways she would be um, kind of a minor Lilith figure within ourselves. Or it's like, how could, how could that person uh, break up that relationship? Well, she's, you know, she's got, she's possessed by this force. Uh, and it also breaks up the relationship with ourselves, not just external relationships. So with Arishka Gal has rejected the upper world, the, the incoming patriarch and, and the consciousness, and it's split off from the gods. And she has gone into the underworld, and she lives there. And she is going to teach Ainana about the eyes of death. How do we look at death and the end? So there's much, much in this poem, and certainly this myth, uh, with due respect, takes years um, to to study and understand, but it's worth it, because it really does give us uh, a a glimpse at the understanding or the journey or the tour of duty in the underworld and what's going on in there while we're hanging on the meat hook and rotting and feeling like, oh, life is just going by, and no, it's not. Yeah, on one level, you may feel like you're just running there and nothing happens and it's boring and there's no Venus in your life. Well, you're in the midst of this great transformation and it's always happening. There's no such thing as nothing happening. Something is always happening on some realm in some way. But being still and observing is also happening. So... Till next week. Bye-bye.